Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church and remember to love God, love people, and love life. Taking sides, we're taking over. Yeah, love God, love people, love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Our confession of faith. If you don't have a Bible, lift your hand and let's say this together. Because I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet in Jesus' name. I want you to stand, remain, uh, remain standing with me. Go to Revelation 5.10. Any kings in the house? I said any kings in the house. You just need to know whenever in this series I refer to kings, I'm also referring to queens also. So when I say kings, it covers everybody. Any kings in the house tonight? Don't let them outdo y'all on the digital campuses. I said, are there any kings in the house tonight? Revelation 5.10. Revelation meaning the unveiling. Where we get our word apocalypse comes from the Greek word apocalypto, which means to unveil. Say, Say unveil. All right. Here's what needs to be unveiled to you. Revelation 5.10. And he has made us. Say, he made me. He has made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign when we die and get to heaven. And we shall reign one day in the sweet by and by. And we're supposed to live in hell to die and get out of hell free card. No. And we shall reign where? On the earth. Does your neighbor say no more days of your life will be wasted running. For you, from this moment forward, it's just raining. God. 
Father, speak to us tonight. Customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, that we will move and walk in what you've ordained. As we've stepped into this series, Kings, I declare that the king that you have made each of us to be, that it would arise now in the name of Jesus. We declare that no weapon that is formed against any kings under the sound of my voice, that it would prosper and every tongue that rises in judgment. We thank you that it is condemned. Why? Because now is the time for the saints of the Most High God to rise and possess the kingdom. That's who you said we could be and what you said we could possess and this year somebody holler this year this year is our banner year which means it's our best year yet marked by significant accomplishment and achievement and I declare that you're stirring up the ability to pray like a king tonight in the name of Jesus discouragement fall off of us depression loose your home things that are trying to block us and take us down we declare that your time is over because the king's about to pray tonight and when kings pray everything changes and if you believe it somebody shout I am a king you can be seated in the presence of the Lord tonight in this new series, Kings. We're talking money, power, and respect God's way. And in the message, I am a king, I introduce you to the series by introducing you to the real you. Say the real me. Not the you who you thought you were because of all of what you've been through and all of what you have to go through in life. Not because of the you that got hurt. Not the you that was betrayed. Not the you that was let down. Not the you that was abandoned by who should have been there to protect you. No, the real you that the Bible says he made you to be, that is you the king and or queen. Say, I am a king. If you grew up in church, you heard things like this. Seek Jesus. Anybody ever heard that if you grew up in church? Or fall in love with Jesus or call on Jesus or watch this one. Baby, just hold on to God's unchanging hair. Uh, and for many people under the sound of my voice, you have Jesus. The issue isn't getting Jesus. For most people, it's not knowing what Jesus gives us. And for you and I, he gives us identity. And that identity is that we are kings and priests. So if we were to go down memory lane for just a moment and go back to where we were someday, I gave you these points. Number one, that you are a king. The Bible says that he's made you to be a king which means he's not asking for your opinion in the matter which is why you're often put in situations that look bigger than you it is because watch this the situations you're placed in are designed to reveal the level of greatness that is already in you see David had to face a Goliath because David was already a king you keep looking at your problems and saying what's wrong with me when you really need to say what is it showing me about me Y'all not saying nothing, which means if you see great problems and great obstacles in your life, rather than saying, God, are you mad at me like sometimes we do, or saying, God, uh, why am I going through this? Instead, kings look at it and say, thank you for revealing to me just the level of greatness that I am. See, a Goliath doesn't mess with a little somebody that ain't nobody. A Goliath doesn't mess with something that isn't going anywhere. A Goliath only faces a king, which means you ought to look at the stuff you're facing right now and say, thank you. I was mad at you Wednesday before I got to church. But when I got to church, I learned you ain't doing nothing but revealing to me that I am a king. See, if I'm going to be a king, I got to fight a king's battles, which means I'm not complaining no more. Instead, I'm shouting about it because you just revealed to me I am a king. Would you high five your neighbor and say you are a king? I, did you catch what I said? The size of the battles you face, you should not be cursing them out. Instead, you should be clapping about them and celebrating them because they're revealing to you that you are king. But every now and then, the king gets a little lopsided in their view of themselves. Y'all not saying nothing. And you can start thinking, God, why am I going through so much trouble? God, why I got so many family issues? God, why I got so much financial issues? God, why do I have all this? And instead, you need to say, thank you. Why? You just proved to me I am a king. And if I just get think 
This is the bishop that sometimes has to get the kings back online. I came tonight to get some kings back in order. I came tonight to get some kings back in their proper position. How about your neighbor say, I am a king. So number one, you are king. Number two, every king has dominion. There is a process to walking in dominion. This is what God said in Genesis 1.26. He says, let us make man in our own image and let them have dominion. Say dominion. Now, watch this. When God said, let us, it is not the Father talking to the Son, talking to the Holy Spirit. No, that's paganism to believe that God is di uh, diverted into three different entities. No, God looked at all of his attributes. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, which means just like you are perhaps a father, you're also somebody's son, you're also somebody's employee, but there are not three you, there is one you that has three manifestations of you. So when he said, let us make man, he was looking at all of the greatness that he is and say, let us make something that's great that can be us in the earth. So Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider, looked at Jehovah Nisi, who looked at Elohim, who looked at El Shaddai, who looked at Alpha, who looked at Omega, who looked at beginning, who looked at end and said, let us reproduce ourselves and put ourselves in the earth. I ain't never seen God tripping about something he had dominion over. I've never seen God angry about something he had dominion over. I've never seen anybody that was in charge really worried about it because they said, since I'm in charge, I know how I have the capacity to change whatever it is that's going on. So God says, let us make man in our own image and let them have dominion. Say dominion. dominion. Come on, talk to me. Wednesday, say dominion. Dominion. Uh, dominion means let them have absolute power. Now, you looking at stuff acting powerless. You're looking at your finances acting powerless. You're looking at your marriage acting powerless. You're looking at what you're dealing with acting powerless and you begging God like you're some orphan. Not realizing you are the son and daughter of the most high God and my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. But if you don't understand dominion, you'll walk around acting powerless when you got the power. Would you repeat that song for your neighbor and say you got the power? Tell him you got the power. Now, there is a process to walking in dominion because the way up many times is through what seems like it's down. And dominion comes as a result of maturity. So to get dominion, I have to be mature. And maturity, watch this, is revealed in how you handle a challenge. If you get all worked up, cussing everybody out, oh, you not knew you, cussing everybody out, acting crazy, talking about I ain't praying no more, I ain't going to church no more, I ain't giving no more, I ain't doing this no more, I ain't going to be nice no more, 50 shades of what, 50 shades of gray, 50 shades of black, I just want to see black, I'm just tired. Bishop, Lord, I'm tired. Then it's revealing to you there's immaturity in you. Because kings realize their whole purpose is to solve problems. It's quiet in the church. When you're a king, that, please understand, a lot of times we even look at our nation. People won't be president. You see a lot of people say, and, and don't, we ain't getting political. Say, we're not getting, not getting political. But I says, you do understand that whole job is about problems. Being a leader is all about problems. You got to solve problems. Watch this. Nobody else has the ability to. That's why they need a leader. See, everybody can be followers except that they're problems. And since they're problems, somebody got to rise up above the followers to be the one that solves the problems. That one is called a leader. Are you still here, church? Now, so watch this. Dominion comes as a result of maturity. Maturity is revealed in how you handle a challenge. Now, maturity comes through suffering. So it's revealed through how you handle a challenge, but it comes through suffering. And that's why even Jesus had to grow in dominion. We learned this on Sunday. Hebrews 5, 8. Though he were a son... Now, now, we're going to get to this in a moment. In other words, he said, listen, 
Huh. Now, when it says he's a son, he is God in the flesh. So God then makes himself his son and puts himself subject to himself in a body. Though he was a son, yet he what? Learned obedience by the things which he what? Suffered. Mm -hmm. Verse 9, and being made perfect or being perfected or maturing, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him. Say he became which means it was a process, which means, watch this, if you want to stop repeating the same lessons, learn the lesson. Some of you, watch this, you deal with so much betrayal because you never learned the lesson. Okay, y'all not saying nothing. Some of you deal with the same issue over and over and over and over and over and over again in life because you never learned the lesson, so you have to keep repeating the lesson. So what's the principle? And being made perfect or maturing, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him. Verse 10, called of God a high priest after order of Melchizedek. Now, Melchizedek appears to us in Genesis. Stay with me, church. And Melchizedek is a joint Hebrew word, Hebrew the language of our Old Testament, which means a king and a priest in one man. Now, if you grew up in church, or maybe you've never heard this, there's a, there's, there's a, uh, a bit uh, error doctrine that says, well, there are some that are kings and some that are priests, and they have to come together. And I get what people are trying to do. They're trying to say there is there are spiritual people and then there are business people and they need to come together. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that in one man are two realms. Which means in you there are two realms right now. There is the realm of a king and the realm of a priest. There is the realm of somebody that can pray and there is the realm of somebody that can slay. Y'all not talking. There is the realm of somebody spiritual and the realm of somebody successful. And the issue you sometimes have is you think that it's either or when it's really and. Are you with me church? Are you with me church? Now, now, even Jesus had to suffer. Suffering is when you're dealing with something that you have to finish that you did not start. I'm going to say it again. Suffering, am I talking to anybody, is where you're having to deal with something and you've got to finish it, but you didn't start it. Okay, y'all not going to say that. You, 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 you didn't start those family issues, but you're the one that's got to deal with them. You didn't start those issues with your finances. You got to deal with it. You didn't start those issues on your job, but you got to deal with it. You didn't. Am I talking to anybody right now where you're facing some stuff you got to finish, but you did not start? See, that's suffering. Suffering and when you do something crazy and you got to go through what you started. Suffering is when you have to finish something that you did not start and you need to get excited about that in your life because that's giving you dominion. You ever said to yourself, God, how am I supposed to do this if I got to keep dealing with that? Touch your neighbor and say, that's suffering. Say, shut up about it. Now talk to him real strong. Say, shut up about it. Say, just be a king. But Bishop, I'm just a single mama. It's so hard. Suffering. Shut up about it and be a queen. Bishop, I'm just a single dad. It's so hard. Shut up about it and just be a king. Well, Bishop, I got to deal with this issue at my job. Shut up about it and be a king about it. Touch your neighbor. Say you are a king. Oh, now watch this. So as you conquer enemy, an enemy is anything that opposes your forward progress in life. You increase your dominion. So check out the flow. Check out the flow. To get dominion, I've got to have maturity. Maturity is revealed through how I handle a challenge. Maturity comes through suffering. Got it? Now, as I conquer enemies, here's the problem in America. We want to be rewarded for stuff that we've not done. 
And I said it, and I'm going to say it again. But one of the worst things we could do is give people participation trophies. Because then we have the expectation, watch this, of entitlement. I'm entitled to something just because I showed up. And that's not the way it works. I only get something when I win. Which is why, watch this, whatever you're facing, you better not give up. I came to tell somebody, you better not throw them the towel. You better not curse God and die. No, because you got to win this time. Touch your neighbor and say, you got to win this time. As you conquer enemies, anything that oppose your forward progress in life, you increase your dominion. Now, think about it. In a natural kingdom to expand, you have to fight enemies. Watch this. You may not want to. So what did we just learn? That's called, that's called suffering. Got it? You may not want to get uncomfortable. You may not want to have to stretch yourself and grow. You may not want to have to travel. You may not want to have to do this. You may not want to have to do that. But you've got to increase your dominion, which means you've got to deal with some suffering. Suffering succotash. Y'all still here? Now, that's the cost of dominion. So then now we can examine challenges through a different lens because, watch this, when you look at the enemies you're facing, they are not equal to you. I'm going to preach myself happy. Touch your neighbor and say, my enemies aren't my equals. No, Bishop, what do you mean? Because, watch this, uh, uh, you have dominion over every enemy already by virtue of your location, which took us to the third point from the message, I am a king. Every king rules from a throne. Roman, uh, Revelation 3.21 says, To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and sat with my father in his throne. Now, watch this. In part one, or in I am a king, rather, I gave you a different scripture here, but I want you to check this imagery out. Say, my enemies. Talk to me, church. Say, my enemies are not my equals. See, you keep looking at whatever you face like, oh, God. You're looking at it head on. That's what I'm saying. You're out of order. You have been seated above it. Since you're seated above it, you should be looking down at it. The only reason it seems so big to you right now, sitting in church right here, is because you're looking at it from the wrong angle. You're looking head on when you should be looking down at it. Why? I'm seated above it. And how do I get above it? See, that's why I got to pray like a king. Because when I pray like a king, I restore myself to my appropriate position so that what had me stressed out, I say, I was born for this. What had me saying, I can't take it, I'll say, I was made for this. What makes me say, I don't know how to figure it out, when I look at it from a different an angle from a different perspective it ain't that big I've given you this analogy before anybody anybody when you when you get on a plane when you get on a plane you look out the window okay and you notice all that stuff that airport looked huge when you was on the ground then you got above it and you were like it's not that big what changed your perspective did the problem didn't change the way you saw it did Y'all not talking to me. Preach your own self happy. The problem didn't do anything but stay where it was. But you got an elevated perspective, which took us to that third point that every king rules from a throne. Say, I have a throne. Now, Revelation 3.21, I want you to see this. To him that overcomes. Now, this is not the time in your life for you to be satisfied with getting by. This is not the time in your life for you to just try to get out of trouble. And we're going to deal with that in a moment. This is not the time in your life for you to just have, I just want peace. I just want relief. Touch your neighbor and say, it's not time for that. Say, it's overcoming time. But watch this. To overcome means, watch this, you're going to have to do some fighting. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all. I said, to overcome, you're going to have to do some fighting. To overcome, you're going to have to be up some late hours. 
To overcome, you're going to have to pray like you ain't never prayed before. To overcome, you're going to have to do some stuff you said, I just didn't think it was going to take all that. Well, baby, I'm here to tell you it's going to take that and some more. But since you're a king, shut up about it and just be a king. Touch your name and say, just be the king. When a king mounts his throne, here it is, he makes decrees. And kings can't be careless with their words because their words carry great weight. See, when a king sits on the throne, got it? What do we have, church? A throne. Y'all here? Okay, what do we have? A throne. That throne is important because what it really means is that I have a different perspective. You worry when things get crazy. Kings are like, this is awesome. This is an opportunity. Watch this for me to find out what's really wrong. Because I'm here to fix the problem, not just get relief from the pain. And that's what a king does. So, 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 so when, it, when stuff starts getting crazy around a king, he's like, this is a wonderful time for us to expand our dominion. All right. Preach this moment. Okay. Now, watch this. When a king mounts his throne, he makes decrees. And kings can't be careless with their words because their words carry great weight and great consequences, which sets us up for tonight's message. Matthew 12, 37. This is where I ended the message, I am a king. And I encourage you to get both Sunday messages, I am a king. And this time, I'm keeping my crown on. Matthew 12, 37. It says this. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Make this personal. For by, say your name. Words, say your name. Will be justified. And by, say your name. You, say your name. Will be condemned. Check check, check this out. Can I talk to you real deep? Can I give you a deep Hebrew word? With all my note tuckers, you ready? Okay. If life stinks... You spoke it. Stinks. That's the deep Hebrew word. If life seems unfair, it's only because you spoke it. Verse. Jesus said, come on, verse. Jesus said, Matthew 12, 37. Jesus said, for by your words, you will be what? Justified. And by your mama's word. By your daddy's word. By your cousin them words. By the devil's words, by your words. You know why? Because you're a king and you have been too sloppy in what you say. I'm just so overwhelmed, really, because you got four emails at one time. I got so many bills, really, I only counted two. Y'all not talking to me, church. It's just so much drama going on. Really, that's one text from the crazy family member. Everybody already knows it's crazy. Y'all not talking to me. So John 6.63, preach yourself happy, says that every word we speak is a spirit. Which means every time you open your mouth and say something, you are releasing a spirit. So are you releasing stuff that's helping you or are you releasing stuff that's hurting you? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now watch this. So kings speak differently because they realize, here it is, every word is a prayer. Now I've taught you that principle before. I'm going to go deeper. But I need you to get that because I don't know about you, but lately I've been catching myself sitting up saying stuff. And after I said it, I said, I didn't open my mouth. 
Don't y'all look at me with that judgmental tone of face. Where are the other real people at at Wizard? Like, I'll be sitting at my computer typing and then saying a whole bunch of stuff and then at the end be like, God, dog, did I just sit here and say all of that? But thanks be to God because when I got up this morning, I got new mercy. And when I got up this morning, I got new grace, which means even though it should be worse because of the way I've been speaking, he'll give me a do-over. Would you have five your neighbor and say, thank God for the do-over? So here it is now. Ezekiel 37.4. Say, I am a king. Ezekiel 37.4. And he said to me, prophesy or speak to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you, verse 6, and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Notice the Lord said, this is what I want you to say. But you have to say it. For all you people who think it in your head and be like, God heard it. Mm -mm. No, don't work that way. God says, I'm going to tell you what to say. Now you got to open up your mouth and say it. Why? Because you're the king in the earth. He's king of kings. But down here, you reign, which means you're going to have to say it out of your mouth. Y'all are not saying nothing to me. T touch your neighbor and say, you're king here. So since he's king of kings, watch this. You, whatever he says, then we got to say in the earth. Because down here, we reign. How do we know that, Bishop? Revelation says we reign on the earth, which means in the earth realm, what we say goes, which means, watch this, if I don't like what I'm seeing, I got to start saying something different because down here, what I say goes. You can talk about your broke if you want to, but kings say that I'm the head and not the tail. You can say you're sick if you want to, but kings say that with his stripes, I am healed. I ain't about to be healed. I'm a king, so I am healed. Would you touch your neighbor and say you are a king? Watch this. So God tells him what to say. Then verse 7, so I prophesied or spoke as I was commanded. And as I prophesied or spoke as I was commanded, there was noise. Watch this. Uh, stay with me, church. Now, remember, every word we speak is a what? Spirit. And everywhere we see, we're going to look at it a moment, it's a prayer. Because everything a king says is a decree. Do you understand this? So a king couldn't be playing around like, I'm going to kill you, because his servants would hear him and go slay who they said they were going to kill. Y'all not getting what I'm saying. So, so he couldn't just have idle conversation with losers that weren't going nowhere because he knew that everything he said, his people were listening to him to do what he said, which is why the Bible says that the angels hearken unto the voice of the word of the Lord, meaning when you speak, angels are like... When you speak, angels go to work. Touch the neighbor and say, what you been sending them to work on? You see, but if you don't see yourself as a king, you'll sit there and say, it doesn't really matter. Check your fruit. Touch your neighbor and say, check your fruit. Uh-huh. And if you don't like what you just checked, you're going to create some new fruit tonight. You're going to create some new fruit tonight. I just need some faith stirred up in the room. You're about to create some new fruit tonight. I know 16 may have been rough. I know last week may have been rough. But from this moment forward, you're about to create some new fruit. Holla, I am a king. Verse 7, so I prophesied or spoke or prayed as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was noise. Check it out. Leave the verse up. When he prayed, it got noisy. Here's what kings do. They don't let the noise shut them up. Look at me, church. 
When a king prays, a king realizes that whenever they pray, there's going to be noise. And so since there's going to be noise when they pray, a king does not get uh, worried about what it is that they got going on around them. Because a king says, I just said something. So all the noise, watch this, it may seem like it's working against me, but the noise is working for me. Because watch this, it takes time for what I said to come together. Well, I says, you, you can plan, you can plan, you can plan a party. Good Christian Holy Ghost party. Now, watch this. Here's the deal. In getting the party set up, watch this. You're going to have folk over here doing this. You have DJ over here. You're going to have that. So it's going to look messy for a while because things are finally coming together. Y'all not saying nothing. So as things are coming together to be what it is that you said, things get noisy. Here's the issue. When you don't think like a king, you'll let the noise shut you up. You'll be like, I prayed for better relationships, and all of them just went to hell in a handbasket after I prayed that. So I ain't saying nothing else no more. Can I get somebody honest in the church? You'll be like, I prayed for better finances. Seemed like the moment I did that, everything got negative times two, three, four, five, six. Why? Because it got noisy. But when you're a king, you look at the noise and say, you're working for my good. When you're a king, you look at the noise and say, you may act like you don't hear me, but you're coming together for what I called you together for. Would you have five a king next to you and say, don't be scared of the noise? Nah. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, spoke or prayed. Prophesied here could be replaced with the word spoke or pray. He says, uh, uh, there was noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. So I prophesied or spoke and prayed as he commanded me, and breath came in upon them, and they lived, verse number 10, and stood upon their feet in exceedingly great army. Check this out. Now, uh, are you still here, church? Yes, sir. Now, watch this. He started speaking in verse 7. It took down to verse 10 for it to happen. Now, now watch this. What happens when you get scared in between 7 and 10? Because that's where your neighbor is at if they tell the truth. Is they in between verse 7 and verse 10 like, and the noise has been scaring them. But a king came from the king of kings to tell some other kings, don't you be scared of no noise. A king came from the king of kings to tell some other kings, listen, don't you be scared of the rattling. A king came to, uh, from the king of kings to speak to some other kings and say everything's finally coming together. That's why it seems so noisy. That's why it seems so crazy because things are finally coming together. Would you lay your hands on yourself this time and agree with yourself and say things are finally coming together. Stay with me. Say things are finally coming together. So James 5, 16, I'm almost out of time. It says this, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, Romans 4 says that God has made us righteous. Righteous, righteous means to be in right standing with God. Say right standing, right standing. with God. Okay, so anywhere in the Bible that you see righteous, if you are a Christian, it now applies to you. Anywhere in the Bible where you see the word righteous, if you're a Christian, it applies to you because Romans 4 says he's made us righteous. He gave it to us as a free gift, which means I'm in right standing with God, which means when I pray to God, watch this, God sees me in right standing. It's the equivalent of going to your bank uh, and making a withdrawal but, but not having any money. That's unrighteousness. Going to the bank and your money is good, that's righteous. You got it? T touch the neighbor and say, my check's clear. Now, I'm talking spiritual checks and natural checks, too, by the way. Now, what's this? Say the effective, fervent, 
prayer of the righteous. Now say, that's me. Effective means it's successful in producing the intended result. Fervent means it's passionate with, uh, uh, and burning with urgency and continual. Most of your prayers are not passionate, nor do they burn with urgency because the noise stole your passion. The noise took your urgency. So now watch this. You were like, God, I need you to do it by tomorrow. Didn't happen. So you're like, well, Lord, if you get around to it, it'd really be nice. Perhaps you're mad at me or sleeping or taking a break. Well, I, I says now. That's why Luke 18, 1 says, then he spoke a parable to them that men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Now, so fervent means passionate, burning with urgency, continual. In other words, a king is always praying so he doesn't lose his heart. Heart in the scripture, in the Greek language of our New Testament is cardia, which means mind. Which means you want to know why you keep losing your mind is because you stop praying like a king. Bishop, I didn't lose my mind. Oh, yes, you did. Because we got camera footage yesterday of you in your car. Y'all not talking. We, we got camera footage, watch this, of when you got frustrated with something that didn't have nothing to do with God, but you got mad at God. Okay, y'all not going to say that. Watch this. The little thing wouldn't work in your car, and you sit here mad at God. Okay, y'all really going to do it like that. I don't know why this thing won't work. I'm just so sick and tired. God, I know nothing ever worked for me, Lord. It seems like every time I try to help somebody, really? Your email crashed, and so you mad at God because of that. Lord, I'm just so sick of this. Lord, I don't know why you won't help me. Lord, you just won't ever help me do nothing. I be praying, I be doing anything. Can't even get my email working. You see, y'all ain't saying nothing because apparently I'm in your Kool-Aid. That Kool-Aid cup you go to the bookstore to buy after church. Now, it says James 5.16, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Avails much means it gets stuff done. Now, in James 5.17, Bible says this. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, uh, with a speaking spirit in the body. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Now, what did the Bible say in James? What did he do? Prayed how? Earnestly. Now, 1 Kings 17, 1. I've shown you this before. I wanted you to see it. I want you to see Ezekiel. I want you to see uh, Elijah, and then I'm going to show you you. You ready? 1 Kings 17, 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants uh, of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Well, the Bible says in James 5 that he prayed. Okay, wait a minute. We got a problem. Touch your neighbor and say we have a problem. Okay, here's the problem, church. Uh, James says he prayed. 1 Kings said he ain't do nothing but stalk. But when you're a king, everything you say is a prayer. When you're a king, everything you say is a prayer. When you're a king, everything you say is a prayer. When you're a king, everything you say is a prayer. Yeah, I'm, I, I, know, I know you get it because of your response. When you're a king, everything you say is a prayer. When you're a king, when you leave your boss's office talking up under your tongue, up under your breath, everything you say is a prayer. When you're a king, when you complain and just, uh, everything you say is a prayer. When you're a king and you get angry with your spouse and you walk away saying stuff you wouldn't say to their face because you're passive aggressive, everything you say is a prayer. When you're a king and you talk to your children, everything you say is a prayer. Oh, why is that important to understand? Because oh, look at 1 Kings 17 and 7. And it happened after a while that the book dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, 
just like Ezekiel, it took six, uh, uh, Ezekiel, it took from verse 7 to 10. For Elijah, it took from verse 1 to 7. It took six verses to manifest. Here's the problem with your neighbor. They used the, the old problem. The old problem was they quit at verse 5. But kings have to know how to last. Say, kings have to know how to last. All right, which brings us to the first thing about how kings pray. You ready? Kings pray to fix the problem, not relieve the pain. Kings pray to fix the problem, not to relieve the pain. Here's what I need you to get. The pain is revealing to you that there is a problem. And since you won't deal with this, you keep facing that over and over again because you pray prayers of relief instead of praying prayers like a king. You pray prayers of relief instead of praying like a king. So when you pray prayers of relief, what ends up happening is you're just trying to get out of your storm rather than looking at your storm and saying, what am I going to get out of this? Okay, it's quiet in here. Now, uh, watch this. You ever pray somebody pray, Lord, just Lord, just get them through this? That's out of order. Have you ever prayed prayers uh, where you know you kind of like, Lord, just uh, Lord, just give me strength to just just get out of this problem. Out of order. Lord, just help me. Help you do what? You don't even know what you need help with. We pray prayers like that because you don't know you're a king, so you don't even know what the real problem is. But tonight. But tonight. All right, all right. So, so kings pray to fix the problem, not relieve the pain. Now, there are three basic types of prayer. I've taught you on this before. Prayer, that's to ask for yourself. Supplication, that's to pray for other Christians. Intercession, that is to pray for non-Christians that cannot access God. Three types of prayer. Kings dwell in all three of those realms. I said kings dwell in all three of those realms. I said kings dwell in all three of those realms. I said kings dwell in all three of those realms. Now, what's this? Number two, kings pray to fix their sin. Now, when I say sin, you may think some instantaneous things may pop up to in your mind. But when I say sin, I want it to have a greater meaning than just things you may think of as sin. I've taught on sin before. I'm not dealing with that tonight. Sin literally means to miss the mark. So a king says, where am I wrong? What am I missing? What am I not aware of? Here's how most people pray. Lord, I'm just this, this spouse of mine. Lord, you just need to change him. A king says, where am I wrong? What am I missing? What am I not aware of? Watch this. Uh, I says a non-king prays a prayer like this. Uh, Lord, just, you know, uh, Lord, just if you could do this, Lord, if you could do that, uh, you know, that, that, that show would be nice because so-and-so just ain't even treat me right. A king says, what am I doing that's producing that type of behavior out of the person? See, a king says, where am I missing the mark? Not why is this happening to me? So in Lamentations uh, chapter 5, I gave this to you in the message this time I'm keeping my crown on. The book Lamentations comes from the Hebrew word ikah, E-I-K-H-A-H, which means how. The reality is we've all had failures. We've all made, had mistakes. We've all had challenges, disappointments. But we've got to keep our crown on even when we feel unworthy of it. And in Lamentations 5, they go through all of this. I don't have time for it. They go through all of these awful things that are happening to them. Say it was awful. They talk about how uh, things are bad everywhere, everywhere they look. Things are bad, uh, that they ain't uh, had no more joy, that they're in mourning now. Everything is bad. They're in famine. Everything is crazy. Their life is toe up from the flow up, is jacked up, tied up, tangled up. But what I like about it is that if you look at Lamentations chapter 5, verse number 16, it says this. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us, for we have sinned. In other words, they said, God, this is not your fault. 
Our crown fell, which means we stopped being kings. Our issue is we started blaming people instead of looking at self. Kings aren't trying to figure out who out here is the issue. Kings say, what in here is my issue? So when kings pray, kings are praying to deal with their sin, where they've missed the mark. Touch your neighbor and say, check yourself. So I know you're complaining about your kids, but if you ask to be a better parent. I know you're complaining about your finances, but if you ask to be a better budgeter. I know you're complaining about your job, but have you ever prayed to be a better employee? I know you want to raise, but have you ever prayed to solve a higher level of problem that would justify you getting paid more money? Y'all not talking to me. I know you pray uh, for a better car, but have you ever prayed to be a better steward of the car that you have? I know you prayed for this, that, and the other, but have you ever said, where is my sin? Where am I missing the mark? What can I do different? What can I do better? Which brings you to the third point kings pray like sons the position from which you pray makes a big difference are you asking your heavenly father or are you asking a deadbeat dad this is the issue then because the statistics tell us that most people's relationships with their fathers are just plain frustrating fickle or faded because depending on the source of the statistic up to 72 percent of homes are fatherless so for those with the father in their lives the sad reality for many is that they don't report having great relationships with their father so how are you supposed to ask a heavenly father for something when an earthly father gave you nothing but grief and disgust how are you supposed to be self-confident when you never see paternal affirmation how are you supposed to have faith in a god that says he's your heavenly father and when you watch your earthly father walk out without explanation how can you expect a heavenly father to give you a yes and an amen when you only heard no and shut up from an earthly father y'all not saying nothing to me uh, god is not a bad father just because of how his kids act that's on us he's a good good father so we can access a good good life touch your neighbor and say kings pray like sons so are you ready to learn how to do this thing i said are you ready to learn how to do this thing Say, kings pray like sons. Say it again, kings pray like sons. <laughs> and I'm out of time, have to do it on Sunday. Stand on your feet, everybody. The kings ought to just celebrate for a minute. The kings ought to just celebrate for a minute. The kings ought to just celebrate for a minute. Now, now watch this. On Sunday, on Sunday, you need to be here. I'm going to pick this up, this topic up from here. If you pray like an orphan, no wonder why you don't expect anything from him. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.